All right, Adam from Splendid Sports. Happy to be joined by James from Elite Hunters. How you doing, James? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Wade Boggs fan John, because when I did a three and three with him, he uh, recommended you. And I was so happy he did because I have watched a, a ton of your videos and uh, you would have been someone I wanted to do this with anyway. So I was really happy he mentioned you. And here we are. We're ready to do uh, three and three for anyone who might not have seen the previous few that I've done. The idea behind it is uh, James is going to show us three of his favorite cards from his collection. Doesn't have to be his most valuable or his top whatever cards. Uh, it's basically just three of his favorite, and he's going to tell us why they're three of his favorite. And then we're going to look at three of the cards that are on his want list. And I'm going to pull up some images using Card Ladder so we can take a look at those and uh, discuss why they're on his want list. Uh, so, but James, before... I just this popped into my head just a few minutes ago. Um, I know you're a Yankees fan, correct? Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I figured you. I was thinking this today, and I was thinking, oh, it's perfect because I'm going to talk to James later. Okay. Um, Aaron Judge, who, in my opinion, I'm not a Yankees fan. I actually grew up a Red Sox fan, but at this point, I'm more just fans of players. Um, and Aaron Judge, in my opinion, is one of the most likable baseball players that we've ever seen. Um, I know you probably love him being a Yankees fan, but, you know, I think he checks all the boxes to be a superstar and have mass appeal. And I was looking and he, as you know, it's not yet September. Tomorrow is September 1st. He has 51 home runs at the time of us filming this. Uh, my, my thought in my head was, why am I not hearing more about this? Why is it not the top story? Uh, I went to the ESPN website today, the, the homepage, and you know how they have the headlines on the right-hand side? There, he was not even in the top headlines. The top headline was, I, I, I kid you not, it was about a Lions quarterback who got cut, Detroit Lions football quarterback, and someone else got picked up. That was the top story. Meanwhile, Aaron Judge is most likely going to beat Roger Maris's record because I consider still Roger Maris's record. I'm getting long-winded, but what I want to ask you is why? Why is this not a bigger story? Why is it not being talked about more? It might be in your circles, but I'm just not hearing a ton about it. And it's, it's, man, is it just that baseball has fallen that far in popularity? I think it could be that McGuire top Maris, and then Bonds, top Maguire. So who is he going to pass? Uh, the, the Yankee great Maris? Uh, no one's respecting like a number that he's about to surpass as any grand feat. But us baseball purists, we recognize it as the clean record, you know, the true clean home run record because it was surpassed by two PED users. So for me, it's a big deal. For me, you could point the finger at Judge if he does get 62, and you could say that's the true single-season home run champ. But in the end, that means nothing. It's just my opinion, and there's probably a million baseball fans that feel the same way, and it, it'll be the same thing. It's just their opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I just remember back, I think back to the summer of 98 when uh, McGuire and Sosa were, 
doing the chase and it was like it was the biggest thing ever it was and and so to your point yeah i'm sure that took some wind out of the sails but i just i I can't help but think that like football is now so much more popular in our country than baseball that even this story doesn't even you know make the headlines which is crazy to think about for guys our age who you know grew up where baseball was the best sport that was the most popular sport so i wanted to get your opinion on it but that makes total sense but that's the other thing. The fact that football season is starting pretty soon, it's like they're dominating the headlines right now. Like who's going to win a job and, you know, what team's stacked to win it all. And so people are betting is now legal. So, you know, that's like a big deal. Who are you going to pick to win it now? What are the odds for that? So it's not as sexy as it used to be, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I just I I was in my head today and I had to bring it up um, before we get into the cards. But all right, let's go. um, Whenever you're ready, let's go into your three. Number one of your three favorite. Not not okay. Correction. Not your top three cards. Not your three favorite, but three of your favorites. I think it's a. I think it's important to make that distinction, especially with someone someone who has a lot of cards like you. I, I know it's very hard to choose. So. You're basically asking a proud parent to pick between his kids, which is the favorite of his kids. So yeah. it yeah. took me about the, oh, the whole time since John mentioned me <laughs> to figure out what I was going to show, and I still couldn't figure it out. So I have two stacks here, and I'm going to let you decide for your viewers what I'm going to show. One stack is this one. It's going to be three baseball cards, which are the three cards I always wanted since I was young. So I'm proud to own these. And then this deck is going to be boxing, which is a form of collecting that I really enjoy and doesn't get enough, I guess, spotlight because I guess it's not, I mean, the Hermit's Ali, the Cassius Clay is kind of up there, but there's not many cards that are really expensive. But you have the Mickey Mantle that just sold. So boxing is always front and center with, you know, uh, investment and uh, the limelight of uh, sexiness with the Mantle 52. So I get to choose. I'm sorry, baseball fans, but I'm going boxing. I'm going boxing. Uh, I love boxing cards. Um, We're going to... Flash forward to the three that are going to be on James's want list. Uh, those are going to be baseball. So we'll get to talk some baseball, but I want to see these boxing cards. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go from earliest to, I guess, latest. And my earliest boxing card I have is um, this 1901 Ogden cigarette of the first ever uh, glove champion, which is John L. Sullivan. I chased the John L. Sullivan card for a while. And when I came upon this one, I was so happy. As you could tell, the black borders are so tough with this card. So this one's a really nice example. I plan to get it graded eventually, but it's just with the price of grading. And I have like a thousand cards I probably want to get graded. So I'll be broke if I grade them all. But this was issued in 1901. There was uh, other stars in this set that they pay tribute to. John L. Sullivan actually has two cards. This is the first one, and then he has another one where the background canvas looks like a forest. And just to say about Ogden, I mean, uh, John L. Sullivan is that 
he transcended sports like in the biggest way he gave birth to sports journalism because he was that popular he was the highest paid athlete of his time and he transcended um bare knuckle fist fighting all the way into glove boxing he was the the last champ of bare knuckle and he was the first champ of glove boxing so he's one of the hugest names in boxing when it comes to history <laughs> wow, 1901. That's unbelievable. Yeah, 1901. Wow. He has um an older one, two two older ones, uh, Allen and Ginter and a Goodwin champion. Oh, and another thing is like in those Goodwin and champions, you'll see he has like um the Raleigh finger type of mustache. Oh, yeah, the handlebar mustache. He doesn't have a mustache, which is pretty unique about this card set is you get to see what he looks like without a mustache. Look like it's in really nice shape too. So if you do get it graded, like you said, that's gonna do pretty well. I, I hope I would hope so. That's it. I don't know what grade for all I know it could be trimmed. I hope not, but <laughs> you know, it's the only Ogden's I own, so I wouldn't know. Beautiful card. And then the second one would be this of Jack Johnson. It's uh from 1910. It's the Mecca 2, uh the T218. It's a tobacco card. And um, this set used to have, like, a lot of people. It was a big set. I think there were 150 cards in the set. And they had, like, boxers, uh, bowlers, billiard players, track and field stars, golf stars. And with this one in particular, Jack Johnson, there's two um, versions, the sideways and then the front, the face front. This is my favorite. This is the one I chased. I just love the side angle, the way his glove is, the way they used to like pose with their fists up like that. Uh, this just this card just does it for me. The background with the pillars, it, this just speaks so much to me. I love the condition on this card. It's beautifully centered. It's it's just a card that when I saw it, I would have paid up for it, and I was in love with it. This guy's name used to be the Galveston Giant. Interesting fun fact about him was he was a great champion. He was like the second biggest superstar after John L. Sullivan. And he, he married a white woman. And at the time, in those days, it was like taboo to do that. But the the um, law tried to get in the way of his love life and his choices. And they actually pressed charges on him and convicted him guilty of the Man Act. And what, what that says is you can't transport a person across state lines the way he did. Uh, it was just a made-up thing to arrest him. And then he ended up being on the run for seven years, not to get arrested um, and put in jail. And then he was fighting the whole time, <laughs> seven years on the run, just in various different places to make money. And eventually... He went to jail, served this one year in 1920, but he eventually was pardoned by Donald Trump in 2018 because it was like a ridiculous charge. Did, did they ever make a movie about him? I'm not sure. And it's something I might have to look into. I don't do very well with uh, watching movies with sports athletes. I mean, I love a lot of sports movies. But to look up stuff like biographies, documentaries, stuff like that, I suck at that. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I was just thinking that 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 would be such an incredible story to me, even if it was like a documentary or something. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they've done a bunch of those, but wow. 
Beautiful. Yeah, it'd be a tremendous story for sure. He was actually very smart and a great entrepreneur. He used to be one of the first superstars that he he used to get a lot of endorsement deals and he took advantage of that. And he got he made a lot of money with the endorsements, a lot of money. So he was he had nightclubs, he he was he was rich. <laughs> he was he was a smart man. So then the last one I have as my third favorite card is this 1923 Union Jacks card of Jack Dempsey, the Manassa Mauler. I just love those nicknames from boxers. I know there's a little bit of glare here, so I'm going to try to get it at an angle where there's no glare. But um, Jack Johnson is one of my favorite boxers. Um, he gave birth to the peekaboo style that Mike Tyson used to do. And Mike Tyson actually loved the history of boxing so much that he patterned his boxing style to Jack Dempsey because Jack Dempsey wasn't the biggest boxer. As you could tell, his legs look a little bit skinny in this picture. And he would fight people that outweighed him by 50 pounds sometimes. And he had to develop a skill with his quickness. But he had a good punch. He, he basically used to beat people up since he was like 14. And he used to make money doing so, like 15, 16 years old, because he was very poor. But long story short, he developed that peekaboo style. And he was so quick. It was like big, slow, heavyweights. They just couldn't deal with it. And he would just knock them out, knock them silly around the ring and make them look silly. Because here he is, this diminutive looking boxer. He wasn't even that small. He was 6'1", but he just looked small in stature. And he would just have his way with these big boxers. And it was a sight. So he was like probably might have been like the third biggest superstar in boxing after Jack Johnson. And that's why I love these cards because cards like this is like a piece of history. And I get to trace the lineage of superstars with boxing. And this card is a little bit tough. It's actually from a publication of Union, Union Jack that they gave it out like a, an advertisement. There's only six cards in this set. And it was like every week when a publication came out, they would give out a card until the six weeks was over. And um, it's a grade five, which is a really nice grade, low pop. I think there's only like about 100 of them in PSA graded and 30 above this one. So I'm very prideful of that one. I mean, in all three of those cards, unbelievable images on those. I mean, just... Yeah. I, 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 like, first of all, it's the year. I mean, think about how old they are. But then I understand why why you picked those three just for the imagery too. alone is like the, the photography is crazy on those. Yeah, I love them. I love the uniqueness that you just don't see them too often. And he actually has a rookie card that predates this one. I, I think he has a few that might predate that one. But that's my favorite because... The rookie card, he has a suit on, so it doesn't really show that he's a boxer. And um, with this one, you see him in action, like an action pose. So that's pretty much what I love about it. And um, I have others that I really love, but I think the fact that these are older and a little bit more scarcer, tough condition, beautiful picture, like two of them are black and white and the other one is colorful and beautiful. So I, I just love them. The only boxing card I own is, uh, it's a, mo a more common card. You might even have it. It's the um, 1956 Brockton Blockbuster Rocky Marciano card. 
I want that one actually. Oh, really? Okay. That's the one I want. Oh, I, like okay. I have his rookie card, but I actually like that one also. So I want to eventually pick that one up. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not too I guess expensive compared to some of the other boxing cards, but the re only reason I um, have that one is because my parents grew up in Brockton, and they knew uh, my mom was. She was a hairdresser in Brockton when she was younger, and she, uh, Rocky Marciano's mother, was one of her uh, customers that she would do her hair. So a little connection like that. And obviously, I'm originally from Massachusetts, so Rocky Marciano, um, you know, anyone in Massachusetts, but especially people who grew up in Brockton, he's like a hero. So yeah, I had well, to get John L. Sullivan should be your second hero then, because they his nickname was the Boston Strongman. Okay, well, <laughs> all right. I yeah. like that. No, I'm so happy I picked boxing just to get to see those. And, you know, who, no one's no one's saying that we might not do a part two down the road where you show those three baseball cards. So we hey. may see those at some point. <laughs> Definitely. this It was fun trying to just pick three, but it was hard because I would have like maybe 10 or 20 laid out and I'm like, oh, my God, am I going to do best images? Like my favorite team, I, I just didn't know which way to go. So then I said, you know what? My three favorite growing up. And then Rick Benajabo Card actually on the phone with him, he tells me, how about you do boxing? Nobody does boxing. I was like, you know what, Rick? I'll do boxing for you. And then I said, but he has to choose. Like if he doesn't choose boxing, you can't be upset at me. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, I'm so happy. I, I Yeah, I, I like to... Like you said, you don't see a lot of boxing cards. And I, I did see one of – it's an old video where you and I think it was Ryan Nolan were talking about boxing cards because um, I know he he is one that I think collects some of those too. But that made me think of that video where you guys were talking that. And you were saying then at the time that, yeah, there's very few people who actually collect boxing. So Yeah, I, I gravitated to boxing because I like – pre-war and vintage cards and boxing actually is that old also and um you get to pick up some nice pieces like that john l sullivan from 1901 where you're like this should be in a museum and i get to actually own it that's sometimes what i love about these cards are that i look at them like museum pieces at some points and to say i have one of the few out there known in existence gives me chills sometimes and um it makes it fun also because the boxing cards because they're not that popular you can still get them at an affordable rate like you don't really have to break the bank to get them you just really have to look and find one that suits what you're looking for i appeal wise and also it helps you get in touch more with the history because when i looked up all these boxers after i got the card it was just like oh my god like i knew the name i just didn't know what was great about his story, like you said, with Jack Johnson, they should make a movie about it. And boxing, kind of similar in a way to baseball, during different periods, boxing was like, I wouldn't say the most popular, but there were periods of time in our country where boxing was like really, really popular. And maybe we're in a period now where it's not so much, but, you know, even, you know, during the Mike Tyson era, it got real popular, but then you go way back and boxing, you know, in the in the periods of um you know muhammad ali and then you go back to the cards that you were showing boxing was huge back then yeah i have several muhammad ali's i almost picked those 
You made it tough. Let's just leave it at that. I had the Rocky Marciano rookie. Yeah. Um, I have the, the um, Tyson rookie card. Uh, it's just, I was like, you know what? I got to go with the older ones. Like, those are just too unique. You picked great. Uh, all right. So let's move on to, let's look at, you sent me a list of three cards that are on your want list. I got um, card ladder here, sales history pulled up so I can pull up some images. Let me see if I can uh, pull this up here. All right. There you go. Here the we go. First, the first one on my wish. First yeah. one, 1955 Tops Harmon Killebrew rookie. I'll pull up um, different grades that we could look at, but this is a this is a PSA five here on the screen. I would be happy with that. A four, four to five, even a three, a nice looking three. I'll, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, just a great card. And this, the sales prices between, if even if you move between like a four, five, and a six, they don't seem to be too huge of a gap uh, compared right. to some of the other cards. He's not a huge um, legend to chase amongst a lot of the collectors. Um which is a little bit weird because he was very popular, MVP and all. Had a lot of home runs, part of the 500 home run club. And that's why I want this card. It's the last card I need for the 500 home run club. I just recently picked up Ted Williams. I scratched that name off the list. And I'm trying to pick up the rookie cards. But in some cases, I can't because they're just, you know, they don't make sense to spend that much money on some of them. But... um. I have either playing days card or the rookie card of all the 500 home run members except for Harmon Killebrew. So that's the last one to complete that uh, collection for now because there'll probably be others in the future. Yeah. Right. This is a good example of a card where it's not it's not um, an ultra rare card where it, it, it's always available. So you could always get it. There's always copies available on eBay or any card show you go to. Um, you know, I think like in five or six or four, there's like a thousand of each in, in a certain grade just with PSA alone. So they're mm-hmm. out there. But would this be like a card where it's you're looking for a very specific thing with it because you have so many options? You want one that um, is it like centering or is it uh, obviously the price you want to get one at a good deal? Like what is the most important thing you look at when you do want to pull the trigger on this one? Well, centering is I can. With the price point where this card is at, I can have a, how would you say, I could have a high demand for centering or be finicky or choosy with the centering because uh, for that, the price point where it's at, anywhere from 120 to 250 I should be able to find one that's centered. And that's why I'm okay with owning a three. If it's centered and it looks good, no wrinkles, maybe a slight bit rounded corners, I might choose to go that route if it's for the right price. And I also like to find deals. So if I find a card that's centered and I find it for 160, like even if it's raw and it looks like maybe it'll grade a five, like that's it. I just pounce on it and I got the card because I like to buy raw cards for that reason, because you get to save a lot on what the value of that card could be. Agreed. And, and then I, I like the process of grading. It's kind of fun, too, because it's a, you know, it's a little bit of the waiting and then you get the surprise. And when you do get a grade that's sometimes even higher than you expected, 
it, it just adds another element of fun to it. Now you can go on the other end where it gets a lower grade than you, than you thought, but I kind of like that gamble. I like that suspense, just the whole process, like you said, of getting it raw and then grading it yourself. And um, especially with a card that you can find, it's not, it's not like you're going after uh, cards from like you were showing before that there might be only a hundred copies out there or something where if it comes along, you just buy it. This one, you can kind of do it the way you want to do it, which is kind of fun. Right. Um, All right. So let's pull up number two. You gave me, this is, this was exciting when I saw this one uh, because I, I don't, I know a little bit about it, but I want to, I pulled up an image earlier and it was, I, it was unbelievable. So this one, this one, uh, probably part of the reason why it's on your list is because it's a very, it doesn't sell very often. Um, the first, the first one that I could find that it actually sold with a picture that I could pull up, it sold with another card. It was like a lot together. Is this the one right here on the right? Oh, yeah, the that is the one. This sold, uh, the last time it sold looked like it was 2018. And they come up, but when they come up, they get snatched up. Like it's, you know what it is about this card is the image. Yeah. That image of him showing the ball, looking like the man, and you see his big mitts just covering that ball. Like it is just an epic looking picture and then coupled with the fact that it's a scarce condition sensitive card it it just checks off every single box for this card it is a gorgeous example i mean i i could go on and on let's just leave it at that i could go on and i love this card it's expensive also it is not cheap so you have to have the money set aside if one comes up and sometimes you'll be waiting. <laughs> they don't come up often. Oh man, I, I agree. Honestly, I've I'd heard of Venezuelan cards, but it's not really a lane I had gone down before, other than just hearing about it. I had honestly, I had never seen this card before. I, I haven't done too much research on it. When I pulled it up earlier after you gave me the list, it it went on my list too. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna wait till you get one. I'm not gonna compete with anything, but. The, the, oh man, that card is outstanding. Just like you, everything you said, I totally agree with. Thing is awesome. It's awesome, and the thing is, to get that one, it's fine. Like it is fine. At least his face, oh yeah, his hands and everything is showing. But these Venezuelans are in such bad shape. They usually have paper loss on the back or heavy staining, glue stains from people sticking them or tape marks because they would tape it on the wall. Like the condition, you'll see it in coupled with the scarceness. Sometimes you will say, fine, I'll do the tape. I'll do the missing, you know, paper loss and glue. It's just they don't never come up. And yeah, in 2018, these two sold together at uh, REA for 1200 bucks before prices really shot up. Now that's $1,200 by itself. <laughs> sure, sure. If that, if that. Wow. All right. Let's pull up. Um, your, your, your third one was any, any Cy Young basically um, playing years card, right? Yes. Playing, playing years. Cy Young, he has several. And I will not be picky. 
whichever I could get for a decent price that looks decent. Couple like this one, for instance. T this one just sold. This one sold on August 18th for uh, 2,800 bucks, and it sold off of eBay. Looks like what? A, look at this thing! Wow, it's not cheap. What a card, though. Look at. The, I mean. I'm not, I'm, I'm not very uh, well-versed in the pre-war stuff like these cards, and it's by design. I think I mentioned it on a previous three and three is that I almost try to hide these cards for myself because I know myself, and I know once I go down that rabbit hole, it's going to be very uh, time-consuming, and it could be expensive, which I'm trying to control right now. <laughs> Check, put, pull up the E90. I really like the E90. All right. So if I were to be able to find this one, I would be so happy with this one too. But okay, you you brought up a three there. That one is ten. Right. Right. No, I well the the under sales history it just pulls up the last ones that sold. So <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just one. saying, there's no way I could do that one. Here's one. Uh, this one's still expensive, but it's a 1.5 that sold uh, in July on eBay for 2,500 bucks. But look at the reds in this wow. card. Yep. It pops with his B8 on his, it's, this card is gorgeous. This card, I mean, the T205, this one, the three and the T206 sets, you can't go wrong. That's why I say any, any, any. Yeah. I love cards like that. Yeah. That have like a colored background like that, where the, especially with like that red there, where it just really pops. It's beautiful. It, and it matches his uniform, which is beautiful. So this particular card I need for my Triple Crown collection. So what I like to do is I like to collect in themes, and it helps narrow my focus because sometimes you can get scatterbrained. You see all these cards. Oh, that one's for a good price. Oh, this one. Oh, that one. And next thing you know, you get them all, and you're like, why did I buy this one? Or what made me want this one? But when you focus... And you narrow down between like something that might speak to you. So Triple Crown Winners speaks to me a lot because there were only 44 slash maybe 45. There's one in doubt, Hugh Duffy. But um, there's only 44 of them. And all I wanted was either a playing day card, his rookie card, or a card of the year he won the Triple Crown. Those That was the criteria that I set for myself with the Triple Crown Winners. And I did hitters and pictures so i'm just uh paying tribute through my collection to some of the greats of the game i was that i'm glad you mentioned that because that was one of the other things i was going to ask you about from your other videos i've noticed that you do that triple crown collecting now did you i thought i heard you say or somebody say that psa did they start a new set under the registry because of what you recommended well it started with um ray from philly he saw my first couple videos and he was intrigued and he's a PSA registry guy. So when he looked up for the triple crown winners, there was nothing. And he reached out to me and said, Hey, if you request um, for the triple crown winners in the registry, all you got to do is give them a brief uh, guideline of how you're doing it. They'll start a registry for you. So at first I was like skeptical because I'm not into the PSA registry as much, but I figured, hey, you know, why not? You know, what do I have to lose? And I got it started and they started it, but they started it with the rookie cards only. Oh. And that is super tough. Like 
the rookie cards of some of these guys from the 1800s, I can't even sniff them. And um, like the rookie card of Cy Young, like, uh, no. <laughs> come on, PSA. I mean, come on. It, it, it doesn't always have to be about money, all right? I know you're trying to get people to spend more money, but let's do a reasonable set. That, that's a that's a. I think, <laughs> I think they do it for the avid collectors. Yeah. And um, I think that's why they do it that way. And I do have some nice examples. Like I have um, the Rue Boidel, the fan craze card from 1906. So this collection did help me find some really cool cards. I got an old judge for Tip O'Neill that I found out there in the wild. So I, I can't say enough or stress enough how when you figure out a collection that you want to work on and you narrow your focus and if it's something that speaks to you, you're very prideful of those pickups. And for me, when I first thought about these collections, I told myself, Will I get bored with it? How hard is it? Is it something that's going to be quick? Because I don't want it to be quick. I want a little challenge to it. And 500 home run club, MVP winners, um, triple crown winners, all those type of collections spoke to me. I'm working on a 1952 top set. So it's things like that that I want it to be a little challenging, but maybe doable. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I bite off more than I could chew. It's a life, uh, lifelong goal, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. What, how, many, how many triple crown do you know offhand? How many triple crown winners there are for hitters and pitchers? Well, it's 44, maybe okay. 45. Because Hugh Duffy, when I looked him up, Wikipedia has him as a triple crown winner. But SABR and um, Baseball Reference doesn't. So I try to look into that, but there's not too much history on the stats in 1894. I think they have him winning the Triple Crown. So I do have his card in a T205. So that would be great because I don't have to buy it. But it's just a question of, is he a valid Triple Crown winner or not? He's a 50-50 because I'm not going to question Wikipedia too much, but I'm not going to say either that they're right. So... I don't know. But 44 altogether. I think there's 11 hitters, if I'm, if I remember correctly, and the rest are pitchers. Okay. There's obviously like two-thirds pitchers and one-third hitters. Pitchers can be a little less expensive, which is kind of nice, too. So that helps a little bit, especially with some of the newer ones. But You saw the Cy Young there. Young, but... <laughs> Christy Matthewson, Walter Johnson. Rue Boidel, um, they were Sandy Koufax. I want his rookie card. That one's not a, inexpensive. Uh, Grover Cleveland Alexander wasn't cheap. So, it, it no, the pitches have been challenging also. Yeah, I mean, you could get like Pedro Martinez and uh, Randy Johnson, right? They, they, those are the cheaper ones. I elected not to do their rookie cards because of that. Okay. So I did um, an autograph for Pedro, which I have not shown yet. I haven't done that one yet. I showed the pickup. I bought it last year at the National. But I got so wrapped up in my MVP series that I kind of almost forgot to, to go back to the Triple Crown. So that one will be shown soon. And um, there's some others like Roger Clemens. I did his playing year, Randy Johnson, because, you know, their cards are like 
three, five bucks. It's not that big a deal to have that rookie card in the junk wax era. So I try to have fun with it. I bought a short print version of Randy Johnson, which was cool. And Roger Clemens was like a gold parallel of his SPX, which I like with the hologram. So it's it's another thing about the series that I like is that, um, not the series, the collection, is that it, it goes through so many years. So you see almost like the evolution of cards happening as you collect them. So you go from really old judges, like black and white artifacts, to modern shiny stuff and you pick up what you like. So if you want a nice shiny hologram card, you see the evolution of cards just happening right there in front of you. That, that's what I like about it. I love it. Well, James, uh, I like to do something here at the end of these three and threes where I ask you to recommend somebody else that you think would be willing and interested to do one of these three and threes. So if, uh, if you have anybody, then I'd love to hear it. Well, I have several names in mind. But maybe one sticks out because he reached a thousand subs recently. And he's a friend, someone I'm privileged to call a friend, good guy, family man, which is one thing he shows through his videos. Great room. He has a card room that's phenomenal and great collector. Lou Rock TV. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. So I will get in touch with Lou Rock. Let him know after this video. He'll probably see it. And Lou Rock, I challenge you to do the three and three next. Lou Rock, let's do it, man. This will be fun. Awesome. <laughs> great recommendation. All right, James. I, you know what, uh, if it's up to me, we'll do a part two with those three baseball cards that I'm wondering what they are now that, you, that we didn't get to look at, but we'll save that for another day. Uh, Wait, so but you have to do a three and three. What's going to be the other part if I already showed you the cards I want? Well, well there's got to be three more that you want, right? There's no, there's no <laughs> end to that. There's always more. That's why I do it where it's like not the three, but three of your favorite, three of the ones you want, because it never ends. We could just keep doing these forever. That's fair. That's fair. All right, James. Thanks again, man. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye now. Okay.